Uh. Live from Cool Boys Central. Look at the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just the young boys. <gasps> <gasps> oh. So cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to an accidental installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I am Felk. And I'm Ballard. Ah, so cool. So what's everyone drinking? I am drinking Diet Dr. Pepper, because it's sober October, still. (laughs) It's not, it's November, Felk. What are you talking about? We just had our October month, and you finished it off with a nice cider. Ah, sober November. No, what are we like pretending that this podcast is somehow live to air? That like it's live the day to air, it comes baby, out is every also time. The day it records. As soon as, as soon, we are live right now on podcast air. The cool boys are live, broadcasting through iTunes. <laughs> broadcasting live through iTunes right now, of course, absolutely. Or or Android, uh, podcast app store. We don't want to be partisan towards uh, the non. I am. I am. I am. I am absolutely partisan. iTunes. Eh. <laughs> iTunes. Yeah. Uh, no Google Play, even though we're on Google Play. I don't really care for that. SoundCloud's cool. I like SoundCloud. We're on Google Play. I know, but I don't really listen to Google Play, or, or I even know what the hell that is, to be honest. You know, I'm having like a like the existential like. I don't know that I want to buy another iPhone. Like, I, I it's time for a new phone. It's been two years, but what? I, no, I'm considering you said a Samsung. This, you said this uh, a few episodes ago. Samsung Galaxy Note three. Yeah, that you were you were thinking of leaving the the tribe and uh, Felk. Ah, uh, I can't welcome you back if you leave. I'm gonna be green in our text messages. Fuck that shit. No way. Are you kidding me? Fuck that shit. You're gonna destroy the whole cool the, the whole cool boy message thread that that created this podcast. I know. Oh yeah, that's true. We can't. I can't name it anymore. Yeah. So I'm drinking this diet, Dr. Pepper. Bauer, what are you drinking? I am drinking because it is live to tape tonight, and I'm drinking because it's November, uh, November sixth, election day. Remember to vote, Cool Boy Nation. Um, I am drinking a Sierra Nevada Tumbler Autumn Brown Ale. Autumn, like the month of November. Hmm. Hmm. And it's uh, it's it's kind of nutty. It's it's good. And Nolan died. Nolan died again of AIDS. Yeah. Again. again. He'll be back next week, probably. Fucking AIDS, man. It's such a devious fucking uh, syndrome. Once the AIDS wears off just a little bit, he'll take a a, a (laughs) Actually, you know what? Fuck this. Like, AIDS is a serious thing that has has killed a lot of people. No, I love it. Once the AIDS... No, no, you were right. You were right. When the AIDS wears off, Nolan will come back when he's alive again. Clap your hands. Clap your hands, make them alive. I'm kind of tired of being complicit. I'll clap, I'll clap, but I'm tired of being complicit in Nolan's weird conspiracy that AIDS is like uh, overrated or overblown and perhaps not that big a deal. Like, is it weird that Nolan is the alt right member of our Cool Boy podcast and he doesn't realize it? (laughs) He doesn't realize it. (laughs) He's like, I'm the progressive one, you know. I'm I I don't I don't like Trump. And like five five fucking seconds later, oh that shit's gay. What is that gay shit? I don't. (laughs) That said, uh... Well, let's get into some updates before we get into our show topic tonight, Felk. This is some real news. Spielberg and J.J. Abrams optioned a book based on a Syrian refugee. 
For a movie? For a miniseries? For, for a movie. Okay. It's going to be a really, uh, really tense true life tale, and they, uh, they paid Lena Dunham to write the screenplay. Just so you know, there is no way her screenplay is is making it like you know from like from 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 pen to film to celluloid like it's there's no way there there will be another screenwriter hired at some point whether it's during shooting or for the reshoots that yeah. will have to do some kind of like you know fixes to the uh, uh to the to the random hipster girl references in the middle of the uh, movie even before the backlash which is the backlash has been mostly from obviously the progressives who are like why is this white girl writing about Syrian refugees you don't know nothing about that but uh, even before the backlash, I have to assume that yes, that was probably just a they they you know that, that's that's standard Hollywood hire four screenwriters pick the screenplay you like maybe give her a shot because she's friends or whatever it was probably an under the table kind of friendship deal but they never should have let that go public and they never should have <laughs> realistically given her that project to begin with no no that does and it seems like it's a little bit ill ill fitted not only in the sense of it's given to her but uh, she's she's known for being so coarse. So it doesn't seem to make the most sense to handle uh, such a, a a sensitive topic and subject matter. Yeah, you know, it'd be like it'd be like, hey, you want you want a movie on Nigeria and all the you know shit going on in the Congo? Here's Eddie Murphy writing the script. I'd actually really like to see that movie. I would love to see an Eddie Murphy script about like the fucking Congo and all the shit going on in the dark, dark forests and jungles of Congo. Amy want teardrop drink. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's. I don't know enough about Congo to know if uh, Eddie Murphy would be a good, good fit there. Feels like a Don Cheadle. I guess they got Ernie Hudson. Well, do you have any any updates? Yeah, actually, I have an update. So, what? Uh, my wife got into a car crash, um, a pretty good one, it, but she is perfectly fine. Everything's good. She's just most most mostly bad ones, right? <laughs> what? You mean, you mean a pretty bad one? Yeah, like a pretty bad one. Like the car's totaled. Yeah. But my wife is okay, so I mean she's she's absolutely okay. We we spent the day in the hospital, double checking, making sure, speaking with doctors and reviewing and whatnot, and being overly cautious. So she's totally cool. That's what's important. Um, she's absolutely you know you know sore and whatnot. Um, but it made me think like how shitty car crashes are and having to deal with fucking car crashes all the time and like. How they're not only like you know in this situation a financial stress, but also like you know now it's like a medical stress because you have to like waste your whole day in a doctor's office, and now you have to deal with insurances on the phone and all that shit. And it was kind of frustrating too because I don't want to name our insurance company, but no. like I, I really like them. Um, I got into a car crash a long time ago. I, I can get into that in a, a second. It really wasn't even I wasn't even in the car. It was parked. I I, I ended up getting like just completely bulldozered over by this insurance company so i had a different insurance company at the time and this lady my car's parked and this is back when i'm in college and this lady pulls up into into our into the spot next to me and just hits my car and she has a blue car and i have a white car and she just leaves blue paint all up and down the side of my car and and it's like clearly her so i you know I call the cops essentially to come on over and do a police report so I can file it with my insurance because this happened when I wasn't around, so it's technically a hit and run. And the woman shows up and sees the cops there, and so she immediately starts screaming at me. This is back in when I'm in college again. Yep. So she starts screaming at me, and the officers are like, this one lady officer just tells me essentially to like, sir, just go stand over there. She's you know, acting out of control. She's yeah. hysterical. Yeah. And she is. She's literally hysterical. And so the officer, she starts, you know, measuring 
you know, the uh, the marks on my car and then measures her bumper and sees those white marks on her car that are obviously from my car. And she puts this all in the police report. And meanwhile, the woman is screaming at me and, like, charging at me and trying to hit me. And this is my neighbor, like, in the same building neighbor. Like, literally the exact same building. My, my uncle and aunt own this apartment complex. And this woman, and I live in it, and this woman who pays them rent is attacking their nephew. Doesn't realize it, though. And, you know, like for like essentially for her hitting my car. So a male officer shows up and he starts telling me and like being really aggressive to me and being like, back up, sir, back up, sir. And I each time he does it, my hands are up in the air and I'm like, I'm backing up, I'm backing up. And this woman, this is circa 2004, 2005, roughly, Felk. Okay. Um, and so this woman is just screaming at me nonstop. They eventually deal with her. They file a police report that shows that she clearly hit my car. With like all the all the measurements and everything and the paint colors and everything written out as clear as day, I get this report. I hand it to my insurance company and I'm like, "Here you go. It should be a you know a closed case situation." Well, the other insurance company, this woman's insurance company, I don't. I, okay, I'll just say it for you, Felk, but I can't say it on air. You can just redact this. You can just okay. keep it out or redact it. That's all I have. Okay, so her insurance company was that, and so yeah, pretty much my insurance company like just rolls over and plays dead yeah, and i contact I my insurance company and i'm like why why are you doing nothing you have a police report on your end and you are not like fighting this at all she's w- skating on this she's walking free and she clearly hit my car why won't you do anything and this is what my my uh claim agent actually said to me she's with name redacted yeah and we will not fight them Yep, that's why I have them, dude. So I w- so I said, "Are you serious?" And she's and the, and the woman on the phone said, "Yes, that's legit." And I said, "Okay, you can cancel my insurance right now, right now." And, she, and she's like, "Okay, I'll have to put you through to you know whatever the other to another line." And I'm like, "Then put me through that other line, and I'm canceling my insurance right now." And I canceled my insurance right then and there, and I called up Name Redacted immediately, and I said, "Name Redacted, I want to be a part of you because you know what." My, my, my guy just rolled over and let you fucking, like, come all over his belly because you fucking just exist by name alone, recognition alone. They walked away from you. Even though I had a police report proving my case and showing this woman hit my car, you they literally just walked away because of your name recognition. And they were, like, flattered. And they were like, absolutely. Why don't you come over here? You can come on our bellies anytime you want. And it was fucking awesome. And I've been with them ever since. And they are amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing until today. Uh-oh. So this is where my story leads. Today, I am on the phone with Name Redacted with a fucking bitch of a fucking, like, uh, uh, agent. And, mm. and and she is just being so rude to my wife. My wife, who just was in an accident, who's standing in, essentially, to the side of an intersection. With uh, uh, intersection that's going onto the freeway, like an on-ramp part intersection. And she's standing there with officers and firefighters. And she's like, you know... And the old on this old woman too that hit her, they're both just kind of standing there, and like and like trying to like you know manage the fact that she was in a car accident, and like a pretty big one, and and like this woman is t- asking my wife like well you know giving her the runaround essentially being like well can you can you tell me how you know how, uh, the other woman's injuries and so, and I'm like standing next to my wife I was not in the accident just to be clear my wife called me I was just down the road and I drove over right away to make, to check on her and make sure everything was okay. And the woman on the phone is asking my wife apparently if she can tell her the the old lady's injuries. And I immediately overhear that. And I look at my wife and I'm like, don't answer that. Do not answer for that woman. 
You should not – you're not a doctor. You're not a licensed physician of any sort. That's weird. Do not provide information medically. You, the only thing you could say is that, you know, she's standing, and if would you like to talk to a firefighter, I can hand the phone over to a firefighter or a paramedic. You know what I mean? But, like – but don't answer for that. So that was weird. So that was my first tip off. This woman's acting a little weird right now to my wife. And my wife is, you know, like dealing with a, like a, the mindset of someone in shock, right? Adrenaline's pumping. So eventually we're asking, what can we do with the car? We need, we are being told by the officers that we need to get the car off of the road. So the tow truck driver's there. He's just sitting around waiting for the agent to figure out where to put the car. We can have the car either towed to a body shop or we can have the car towed to this, uh, the tow yard um, or back to our house. Uh, we didn't want to tow it back to our house because we obviously want the car either immediately marked off as total and we can get, move on from it, or we want to actually get it to a, you know, an auto body shop to get it fixed. We don't want this thing sitting around in our driveway. Yeah. So that being said, I'm, 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 my wife's asking, like, what can we do with this? And the woman keeps telling her, don't take it to the to tow yard because it's, it'll cost too much. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, what? it's covered. And I'm talking to the tow truck driver. I'm like, this is covered, right? And he's like, yeah, it's absolutely covered. Uh, I forget what the term is. It's a uh, full coverage, I think. Yeah, so we had full coverage, not liability only. And so it's like it's fully covered. So this is a huge like faux pas by this agent because it feels like she's just kind of like not really taking into account the situation that someone is literally in an intersection, that someone has literally just suffered an accident. So I grab the phone. This is after my wife being on the phone for over 45 minutes with this woman just to file a claim and figure out where to drop the car off. And I just grabbed the phone, and I'm just like, actually, I first asked my wife, I was like, can I talk to her? And she, she says yes, and she just hands me the phone. I grab the phone, and I'm just like, excuse me, what's your name? You know, and she's just like, you know, name redacted. And I'm just like, I, I don't know if you're really quite aware of the situation here, but my wife was literally just in an accident just only maybe 45 minutes ago now. Yeah. She's in the intersection with officers asking if they can move the car, with firefighters asking if we can move the car so they can open up a freeway lane or open up a freeway on-ramp again. And, and all she wants to know is where we can drop the car off, and you are not giving her an answer. I would love it if you could please understand that somebody is t that you're talking to might need a little bit more of, a, of, of haste and a little bit more, you know, of a need of urgency here in this emergency situation. She needs to go see a doctor right now, too, so we should can, like, make sure that she has a clean bill of health, that she's not suffering from any concussions. And, you know, and on top of that, there are a few abrasions and chemical burns that need to be dealt with. So it's like, can we move on, lady? And she literally says to me, Sir, you can take the car wherever you want. It's up to you. Click, and then hangs up on me. Mm. I'm in the middle of helping out somebody dealing with the situation. She's being as difficult for fucking almost 45 minutes to an hour at this point. And I get on that phone, and she hangs up on me. I was so fucking pissed. But I actually had to do shit and deal with things and talk to people and help out. So I could not just fucking lose my cool. But boy, howdy, I wanted to hop right back on that phone call. And just talk to that manager. Well, I didn't. And I let my wife handle the next phone call. And I just told her, you know, talk to the next person. I just don't want to deal with it. I'm a little too hot. And uh, and she did. And everything's being, you know, handled, it seems like, and worked out. But, like, this happened, like, literally hours ago. So, I mean, you know, fucking it's always hell. And this is what I'm going to get to deal with for the next month is trying to figure out whether a car has been totaled or not, whether medical bills or not are covered by this other person's insurance. Is this other person's, you know, actually in fault? Yes, they definitely are. They were taking an unprotected left and crossed traffic while the traffic was approaching them, A, being my wife, and got hit. And uh, they ended up, you know, T-boning it. And, that, and that's the unfortunate situation. 
So it sucks, but that's been my day. That's my update, Felk. Yeah, that was a uh, emotional and evocative story. Uh, first off, I am shocked that you you didn't just say connect me with someone else because that's what. Well, that's I what finished. I I pretty much had enough time just to finish my rant, and and that that person hung up on me. It was like literally that quick. But yeah. I did tell my wife when she called back. I said, just when you call back, just immediately say I need to speak with a manager. And then yeah. tell them exactly what what occurred. The six best words in the English language, may I speak to your manager. It absolutely makes anybody's butthole pucker up immediately. Like, just immediately. You're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, immediately they shut down, but they know that now they have to get the manager. And and, and uh, rarely does the manager take the side of, of the employee. That's that's horrible. Obviously, the, the, the good news is that the worst thing you have to say about it is terrible customer service from your insurance. Yeah. No one was hurt. Uh, cars can be replaced. Now you can buy a Miata. No, no. We're probably going to get a hybrid of some sort just for the sake of it because, you know, 12 years left to do anything. 12 years left to do what? To do what? <laughs> to, to, to do anything. <laughs> to, for, for, to, to save the environment? <laughs> yeah. We got no, 12 years. If you care about the environment, buy a pre-existing used car that runs on on gasoline. That's better for the environment than having somebody create a new hybrid. Honestly, if it's be- better for the environment, it would be why don't we just get a bicycle? Exactly. And just bike from this point on. Or just Uber and have pre-existing cars that are already on the road uh, take you there rather than creating them. Because those battery packs, nobody knows. Nobody knows how long battery packs take to, to, to go away. What, what impact creating them has in the environment, the rare earth minerals they have to, or elements they have to mine and all that shit. Launch them into space. That's, that might be uh, Elon Musk's, uh, unemployed <laughs> rich person Elon <laughs> Musk's um, plan. He's not unemployed. He's just no longer on the board, right? You know what his official job is, title is? No, what is it He's now? self-styled. I mean, this may have been a joke, but I believe he claims it as his official title is the nothing of Tesla. I love it. Oh, that sounds like him. I mean, think about it. He his not a flamethrower, flamethrower, and like all the type of shit he does. Putting uh, putting a spaceman or whatever in fucking in the in the Tesla Roadster. Like, yeah, the nothing. The what? The what's his name again? The nothing of Tesla. I think is, is the, the, the title. nothing of Tesla. Um, awesome. Whatever. Whatever you do, don't buy a Tesla. Is that a never-ending story reference? You think or no? No, it's the fact that he has no official capacity or job at Tesla. He just owns most of their company, and uh, I know that. But I was wondering <laughs> if there's like a double entendre in the sense, or triple entendre in the sense that it's not never ending story related. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Although I certainly wouldn't be surprised. I'm not getting a Tesla, Felk. I'm not getting a Tesla. Well, it's not. A, you said a hybrid, and, and Teslas obviously are not hybrids. They mm. they are, however, very very bad for the environment. Much worse than simply buying a pre existing used car that runs on gasoline that might be honestly that might be the other thing we do too realistically is just total out this other car i mean oh my god it was a volvo and i love volvos but it might be yeah just uh total it out and get a get a used subaru you know something like that there you go nice nice uh the, well car. Uh, yeah exactly i was gonna <laughs> i was tiptoeing around how to say uh the, the car six million lesbians or however many lesbians own subarus worldwide probably in the millions uh, can't be wrong. Uh, I love lesbians. Is... They're the best. 
<laughs> I, well, I mean, the Subarus are not bad cars. They're, no, they're, they're not. And I have actually have a lot of good friends who are lesbians, so. It's, it's a weird uh, episode. Obviously, we don't have Nolan, and this thing happened to you, and uh, obviously we needed to... I, I, I wanted to hear you tell that story. I wanted you to be able to get it off your chest. I think it makes for interesting podcast topics, because... Not a lot of podcasts talk about car accidents and no. how they affect you personally. I've had my fair share of car accidents, and and this is weird because basically when you, you know, you you texted me when all this happened earlier in the day in this month of November, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, this happened. I was like, like I kind of got the impression that you wanted to talk about it on the podcast, and that knowing that we didn't have Nolan, I was just like I, putting two and two together. I realized that all of my uh, stories about car accidents kind of have like a not a not a right wing, but maybe just a, a an almost like pro no Trump. Wait, you have political a, car accidents? I have political car accidents. All my car accidents, in fact, have a bent towards the the modern like. Uh, right uh, wing or, or, or I like how you said viewpoint. modern. By the way, not that all t- a- <laughs> obviously. No, but modern's also a, a, a differential from um, like what you would consider Lincoln era would be like. For, well, there's, for there's there yeah there's there's you know uh, there's rhinos there's neoconservatives there's mm. the alt right there's all kinds of versions of, of conservative right now. I I am a libertarian. I am an object atheist objectivist libertarian. Those are the three things I'll, I'll define myself as. Those are the only ists or isms I'll, I'll allow. I believe in personal liberty. And I'm an agnostic Ballard. Yeah, uh, that that's totally fine. But it, I, I can talk about this stuff because this is an episode that a I'm editing and b. You know, people hate agnostic more than they hate atheist. Yeah, because make make up your mind. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, technically it's like, what the fuck's your problems? I'm technically mind, more agnostic than I am atheist because <laughs> I, I, I and I used to say atheist when I lived in in Texas to piss off people. But then when I came to L.A., I realized that like that's the norm. Not only is that the norm, but it's not its not going to get a rise out of anybody. Nope. And then they're like, oh, cool, so you're cool with socialism. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a fucking libertarian. Uh, so they couldn't explain it. I mean, I only started calling myself a libertarian in California because I was tired of defending viewpoints that I don't when I said I'm a... Uh, uh, I'm a Goldwater Republican because nobody knew what Gold- nobody knows who fucking Barry Goldwater is in California. What the presidency ran for it first? Oh, who? A- <laughs> I, and I was like, like, so why do you hate gay marriage? And I'm like, actually, I'm a Goldwater Republican. Barry Goldwater was the first Republican to mention the words gay and our first presidential candidate to mention the words gay and rights together. And he was a Republican, technically. He wasn't really. It was before. Reagan and and the Christian uh, conservatives and everything, but yeah. So basically, all my car accidents have reinforced my worldview. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would love to know why, but you know what? I think I would like to know more. Hmm. I'd like to know your first car accident. What was your first car accident? Like, not. I, I, it could. I guess I, I was gonna say not a fender bender, but you know what? If your first car accident was a fender bender, fuck it. Well, whatever. What? Whatever it was. What was it? Did you write down notes? No, I'm just doing this off the fly. Okay, me too. I have nothing written down. Nothing written down. No, no, I'm not writing anything down. 
First accident I was I was in driving the car, uh, not driving the car like that I experienced memorable. I would have been like eight, and it was my mom driving, and of course eight? she was eight, <laughs> eight-ish maybe ten-ish. She was driving. Uh, we were driving in a you know th- just running errands. She was driving the mm-hmm. car in, in a in a Mercedes Benz, driving through a predominantly like the country song, predominantly Hispanic neighborhood in, in the upscale, so, upscale though, right? No. <laughs> Down. Oh no! A lo- lower class. Lower class. It, it was okay. it was a, a shortcut to get like to a mall going through. Uh, I think like like the need. For Color the area. drawing for me. Just keep coloring that drawing. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was lower income. Anyways, you know there was a knowing knowing you know now what I know now, but it might have been my mom's fault for all I know. But you know, it was it was a four way stop, two two stop signs collision. Wow. The person uh, the person involved was uh, also you know uh, of that. Uh, Ilk, Latin X. <laughs> yeah, you better get Ilk. that right. Ilk in that area, and uh, it was just like, okay, you know, like she was like, yeah, your fault, your fault. You know, like I'm not gonna do an accent. I'm not gonna do a racist accent. She was like, basically attributing responsibility to my my mom, who's like, I'm. We exchange information, we exchange phone numbers, and then we drive away. I'm no less than like thirty people came out, just like watching from like the rooftops and the buildings uh like like a fucking team from the warriors or something like wow. ready to pounce and they <laughs> and, and sure enough you know wait, wait wait what do you mean like rakes in hands and batons in hands and shit or what uh probably more like modellos uh or modello <laughs> bottles yeah but realistically yeah so police showed up i don't think we called them uh and we're like hey what's going on here you a- accident basically 30 witnesses who were not there manifested to attribute fault to attribute like trying to leave all it was a community suddenly they saw a mercedes they saw let's get some cash and it was just a matter of like just pounce on on the uh affluent car that was that was damaged I don't know how else to see this experience, but it taught me a lot about not any culture. All cultures do this, but it taught a lot to me about opportunistic uh, natures in in, in humans. It it definitely informed my opinions on people trying to take advantage, willingness to lie, to support. How old were you again? Eight. Okay, so about probably six or eight, I saw the movie Oliver Twist. Oh, okay. Uh, and and same thing. Like it it I mean it did it with white British people, but it did the same thing. Like it informed me on opportunistic nature, especially when it comes to people you know in low income, um and and the way to like you know cut corners in, in the reality you know uh, as Aladdin says you know one step ahead of the law man. It was the first time I'd ever seen because I I was in the the car like cars locked. I'm in the car. Do not approach the car. Son is in the car. My mom was like mama cat. You know. Fierce, because while we weren't necessarily being threatened, it was being made pretty clear that if fleeing were to occur, if we were to leave, having only done what is legally required, of course, which is, you know, exchanging uh, driver's license information and insurance information. She wanted to do that. Here's my information. Here, take it. Um, and, And then go, because a lot of people are here looking and just observing, and it's just like, had the police not showed up? Wait, do you do you mean like the end of training day? 
Kind of. I mean, it seemed like they wanted cash. They seemed like they wanted something immediate. Like that insurance wasn't what they wanted. They wanted some kind of immediate, like an immediate handout, an immediate, an immediate, yeah, immediate financial handout. Which is mm-hmm. why uh, the police probably were just patrolling by and uh, saw like, okay, something's up here, and checked it out. Oh shit! Cops rolled up and checked it out, and of course, all that was exchanged was what's supposed to be you know, insurance information. You're required by law to have insurance in Cal. It's in Texas and in California. And uh, I'm not sure if the other person had it. So, you know, it wasn't like that. That exchange was not good enough. They wanted immediate financial restitution. And uh, that's uh, it, it, there was intimidation going on there. How much did you pick up on that? How much of that did you kind of maybe uh, kind of adjust the story later in your head? Kind of like, oh, maybe that's what intimidation was. Like, you know what I mean? Like that night in bed, did you think about it as like, oh, shit. Or did you feel in the moment the the... the as I would imagine, any intimidation would feel the risk, the threat. Most of this is is being remembered more from my mom's like retelling of this when I was okay. like in college, when I was able to appreciate like what was really going down there. My memories of it were more like vague, like something's up here. Mom looks worried because uh, this is this is obviously before the. I mean, we didn't have I don't think have a, have a cell phone. That kind of scenario was a little bit more. Oh, way different. Frightening in the days yeah. bef- before you could just pull out a phone and go, "I'm on Instagram right now, broadcasting this message." Yeah, yeah. I'm Facebook living this. Don't do nothing. Um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. There was there was a wire like a true wirelessness feel to everything because i mean you didn't have a you didn't have any i mean my dad has cell phones fr- practically from the get-go so i mean i always had cell phones in my life but my mom didn't i remember one time at mcdonald's uh coming there was my little brother and myself but my mom was like getting us into the car after getting our meals our happy meals and um there was a homeless guy approaching her and i i don't i was young and i don't remember what whatever was said or exchanged or whatever but I do remember my mom got real nervous and real panicky into the sense where she was like, she kind of shuffled my brother, little brother and I into the car as fast as she could. And then she hopped in the car and the homeless man came to the window and my mom yelled at him a bit and he yelled and I don't recall what was really said and we drove off. But I do remember the drive home because the entire drive home, my mom was yelling at us like like she would do and be like you boys need to listen to me when you know when i say get in the car it means get in the car you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna you know who's gonna do what what kind of dangerous thing could occur and so i i i like all i can actually like extract is that i know that my mom was crazy nervous like Mm. but maybe she would have been nervous regardless in that situation no, I mean, I mean, you yeah, now you have kids, you you know that that instinct is probably like the most like powerful drug that ever can go through your your brain. Just that instinct to protect them, protect the kids. Yeah, when you sense something's up, even if it's not like a legit danger, even if you're to quote Batman, even if it's a one percent possibility, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. The best Batman. Ben Batman. I, I I mean, you know, granted that that's a weird like reference to Donald Rumsfeld, I think. But uh it's definitely true when it comes to like how parents protect their kids. And, and yeah, I, I saw that, that when I was a reference to Donald Rumsfeld, or is that just kind of a reference to uh, a Maybe thought it was process after 9-11? Yeah. Because Rumsfeld was more about uh, uh, unknown unknowns. No, what, unknown either knowns. Cheney or Rumsfeld said that. Said that like if we if it's a one percent possibility, you have to take it as an absolute certainty. 
to tie it in with how I introduced it, it's just kind of like on a cultural level, I realized that other cultures have a uh, more aggressive sense of community in the sense that they will come together, even if maybe what they're coming together for is not the most uh, moral or righteous thing in this case. It was definitely right. a uh, opportunistic uh, kind of scenario. Well, what was your first accident? Um, well, you know what? Here, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you my first accident. Uh, I was not the driver of, and I was a little child. It was, it was again my mother and my little brother. Um, but it was, and it was about about the same age actually. My mom was getting us ready for school. We were in the driveway, and she threw us in the back seat as always. We, uh, my mom had a Mustang, like a I don't remember ninety. 90 Mustang, 89 Mustang, something like that. Uh, go back to the Cars episode, cool boys, and get more information on my mom's Mustang. I don't recall if it's even in the episode. Oh, yeah, you said Fox Body. Um, but, yeah, it was yeah, it was Fox Body. And uh, convertible, red body, white top. and um, Great cars. And, and red interior. And uh, so, anyways, my mom is getting in the car. And as she's getting in the car, the e-brake just pops off. And the car just starts rolling backwards. And we're in the dry, in the car, my little brother and I, buckled in. And my mom gets dra- – I watch her just get dragged by the car for maybe about three to four feet before she just gets sucked under the car. And then I don't see my mom anymore. She's gone. And I turn around in my, my in my, my seat and my, look over behind me, the, you know, through, through, through the rear window. And I just see the neighbor's front yard just approach fast. My little brother and I are just both watching this, just like watching the movie play in front of us as the car just rolls right into the bushes in, the, in our neighbor's front yard. And then my mom hobbles over to us and gets in the car, and she makes, you know, double checks we're okay and everything. But my mom's foot's all fucked up. And uh, so she, she got, like, got, like, broken or something, like, rolled over by the car and everything and twisted and whatnot. So she ends up having to go get her foot fixed and whatnot and that day. But that was, that was the first accident, the first time I was in a car. And then my mom started telling us, and my dad also started telling us stories and recanting, you know, their own episodes of uh, their first accidents, you know, and, he- and hearing more fucked up shit and just thinking, like, wow, that was tame compared to, like, my mom's, I think one of her first accidents was rolling down the hill, like, a car in a mudslide, things like that. And so I was just like, wow, like, you know, I guess I got off pretty pretty smooth. Just I just crossed the street and went into someone else's yard in a Mustang. So that that's my, that was my very first accident that I was in that I was a, at least a part of in some form or fashion. Yeah, well, sorry about your mom's foot. Other than that, it sounds like uh, the worst was avoided due to quick thinking. Yeah, and reactions, and just hanging out in the back seat and staring at the back, the the, per, the neighbor's yard approach. Uh, There's nothing literally my little brother and I could do. We were just sitting there, just like, okay, wow, here we go. Could have gone for the handbrake. <laughs> No, I just enjoyed it. I just suck. I just soaked it all in. And I was young. Yeah. I was young enough to like not even know what to do. Like I was just like, okay, we're sitting in the seats, and we're gonna turn around and see what happens. But yeah, that was my that was my first accident that I was uh, in a car when the car and something happened. But what was your first accident as a driver? First accident as a driver was 16. Uh, I'm, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, to my gay ha- hairstylist Mark. Mark. I drove I drove 22 miles all the way into Houston to, to oh, hi, get a haircut every other week when I was like 15 to like 18. What a story, I, I, Mark. I, uh, what, a, what a story, Mark. Driving back <laughs> uh, to the suburbs 
of Houston from, uh, you know, deep in the city, the Galleria area. Driving in my Miata. I was 16. I was at an all-boys high school. Not a lot of interactions with the ladies at this age. Women were a mystery. <laughs> at 16? This is like this is yeah. This is on a Saturday. I was, yeah, I was sixteen. But wait, you in other boy- episodes you've you've told like the age of six you're masturbating or whatever. Yeah. But women were a mystery. Not to women in like I was masturbating to like fucking you know like Tiffany Amber Thiessen on the fucking episode of Saved by the Bell. I, I didn't thought fucking, you said you saw some chicks tits in the back seat and you had to go home and rush home and masturbate. That was that was no. You talking about the Alamo? Yeah. Was that, yeah. What? How old were you for that? Uh, that was when I was still at a uh, boy-girls uh, Catholic school. Uh, I would have been 13. Going through all that big mouth puberty where you're just, you're fucking, like, you're just about to explode at any second. Did you like big mouth in the end? Oh, no, I did not. I think that show is structurally a mess. How many fucking characters that are imaginary does the show, does one show need? Yeah, the first season is like only two. But then, yeah, second season, it's a whole headquarters. It's a whole corporation of them. I didn't get to that part. I, no, it's three. There's the fucking uh, jo- uh, uh, Jordan Peele, uh, dead like jazz singer that the the one boy can see. He's not a hormone monster. He's not a hormone monster, but he's still an imaginary character that only one character can see. And then there's the hormone monster that the the other boy can see, but then sometimes the first boy can also see the hormone monster. And then there's the girl hormone monster who can't be seen by the boys but can only be seen by the girl. That's fucking way too fucking confusing. Wait, just wait till next season then. It's totally a fucking mess of a show. I love it. I think it's a great way to explain puberty and growing up in high school to kids. Like, I can't wait to show it to my kids when they go through puberty. Like, watch this. Don't watch the shit in school. Watch this. This is accurate. That's not a. The show's not appropriate for children going through puberty. I think it would be a wonderful experience to show someone going through puberty. That show to have something so authentic and real and. It's legit. Like this is the show is fairly like legit. Like it is like one of those times. Like they they do things you're just like wow they went there. But you know it's kind of nice they did. They actually went there. Oh, I'm I'm. I mean their legal team must be very very precise on exactly what they can and can't get away with. Yeah, or show and what they can't show and how much like boy dick they can show if they can show any boy yeah. dick. You know what they have shown and done is just like I was like oh I didn't I didn't uh, didn't know you could do that. But obviously, I'll trust that Netflix knows what they're doing uh, in terms of not breaching any rules. It's a hard TV MA, obviously. Uh, so it's like it's meant to be. It is real hard. Yeah. The, the writing is hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the actual screenplays are like, like the screenplays at times I'm just kind of like, can you say that? Like, yeah. Can't, I guess you can get away with that. Like, I like how the final episode of the first season, they're practically like, let's just do a TV show where we, like, you know, push the boundaries of puberty and say shit we can't say that's practically child porn. Yeah, I don't how, – how do you how do you stretch that out into, like, a five or six or ten season show? I don't think it's going to be ten seasons. Well, yeah, okay, fine. But other animated shows have done it. Obviously, they, they want that, that kind of longevity. Family Guy's in, what, season 15, 16? South Park? I mean, like, animated shows last that long. But animated, like, South Park's about a bunch of 10-year-olds. The fact that they're all 10 doesn't, like, factor into what the show can or can't deal with. But if the entire show has to be about puberty, like, you're going to run out of shit to say. It feels like they're already incredibly redundant, like... And there's in the like three episodes of the second season that they even watched. I'm like, how much more can you really extract from this one topic? They did a good job with the second season, like extracting uh, more. They they brought in um, a shame 
monster or shame wizard uh, played by David Tennant, and the uh, and it you know introduces shame into their lives for doing all of these lewd and you know crude and totally rude acts. Because I can't, I I think you are right. There isn't an endless, uh, you know, um, uh, mine there to mine. No, they've already run out. Like there was barely a season's worth of of, of content there. Can you at least agree? And I like Jordan Peele. I think he's interesting as a voiceover actor. But can you at least agree that there's no like that character adds nothing to the show and is yes. bizarre in a show that already has so many. Duke Ellington, the ghost of Duke yeah. Ellington, I don't really care for much. And uh, I think Jordan Peele really doesn't add too much to the show. Sometimes uh, I think there are a few characters that I've actually been like, oh, that's Jordan Peele, and that's a pretty funny character. But um, it feels weird sometimes with Jordan Peele because his voice is – Nick Kroll makes sense because his character is Nick Kroll, right? Like a child version of Nick Kroll. Yeah. But no one else is playing like a child version of themselves really except maybe uh, Jenny, I think, whatever her name is. I can't remember. Um, The redhead. Jenny Slate. No, because she, she plays oh. Misty or something. But uh, uh, the Yeah, redhead, Jenny Slate I think plays that... the black girl, right? Yeah. Which is r- wrong morally. You can't cast a white girl as a black girl. That's offensive. She plays the mixed race child, you know. Mixed race. Well, Jenny Slate's not mixed race, though. Maybe, or maybe she is. I, all I know is that when I found out Chris Evans was dating her, I lost what little respect I'd already had for Chris Evans. No you offense. Lost I mean, all, like, she, so much respect for Chris Evans, it's insane. <laughs> I, I, I really just, I, I'm so glad he's done. I hope uh, Captain America dies. And I, he's not done. He's not done. You wait. The first Wolverine film that comes out for Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first MCU Wolverine movie, will have a flashback to World War II, and as a cameo, Chris Evans will show up as Steve Rogers, as Captain America, in a one of the montage sequences, right? We, we're going to see a montage that we didn't see in the montage sequence, which will involve probably Wolverine doing some shit with Logan All I'm saying is- doing some shit with Steve. All right, you're getting off topic. All I'm saying is you work out that much and make that much money through your through your Marvel contracts, and the prize is a hot slice of Jenny Slate. Something's not adding up there. Something's not adding up. So wait, wasn't the blind t- wasn't the blind item on this? Um, he got her pregnant, and that was the whole reason why. How, how do you get someone pregnant, Ballard? You know what you do? You masturbate into a condom, and then you throw that condom in the garbage can. And then, and then, those little rats show up with their little rat women fingers. And they take the condom, and they squirt it into their vaginas, and they make it a baby. The NBA defense. <laughs> yeah, that's the NBA defense. Can you imagine? Wasn't that, wasn't she that, took the that, condom who, and squirted it into her vagina. It wasn't me. I didn't fuck her. Who, 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 was it Phil Jackson? It was some famous coach who was like, first rule, you flush the condom. You flush it. May have been. That sounds like a Phil Jackson-y thing. Oh, we need, know what we need? We need our fucking sports almanac, Noli. Unfortunately, he is what, Felk? Uh, I, I don't know. Done with the podcast, possibly. <laughs> Dead with AIDS. Dead with AIDS. Dead with AIDS. That's right. Alex, Alex Trebek would have said, the answer is, what is dead with AIDS? AIDS jokes aren't funny. I mean, they are sometimes. I love the Subway Jared AIDS jokes from South Park. Boy, do they have a different context now. They totally do. I, I kind of laugh every time I see a Subway commercial because this is like... Me too. You're so desperate now. Please associate us with sandwiches. Just, we make sandwiches. Subway, man. 
We didn't hide horrible things. Subway took a beating with that, too. I, I'm not entirely sure, but allegedly, wasn't Subway, like, oh, yeah, they, didn't they it come out that they knew to some extent something was up? They allegedly? Knew. They knew. Yeah, they knew. It's Subway. I mean, if you want moral integrity, a sleazy, greasy sandwich manufacturer is not really one to do. Have you ever been in a Subway that didn't have a homeless person sleeping in it? Yes. They're they're cesspools. I haven't. Well, okay. Keep in mind, I live in like a very beautiful area of our of our gorgeous state of California that doesn't have too high of a homeless count. Yeah, I live in L.A. What the fuck were you talking about? Um, the car accident. What was your first car accident? I got I, that so, you were driving. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with the female like persuasion technique. I mean, kind of, but I I, I had been insulated for it by about two years and hadn't dealt with uh, what I was about to experience, which is that I got rear-ended mid traffic. Traffic was really bad. I think it was because of a car accident up ahead, trying to get out of the uh, deep part of Houston. Anyways, I pull over and I could see that the car is a is being driven by a, a woman. Looks like she's in her twenties. I'm 16. She's pretty. So I'm like, oh, pretty girl. And, and, and I can see, I can see, like t- 10, 10 scale pretty. Uh, Houston has a lot of hot women. I would say seven, six to seven, you know, that's a generous nice. six, a, a, a not great seven. But like uh, when you're 16, that's something special, especially when you don't see girls every day. And uh, I could see that she was just like not pulling over. So I honk and, and uh, she pulls over and then just because of the car accident up ahead, a cop car like rolls by and it's like exchange information. Bye. And then he just drives off. He yells that out the window. He yells that out. Cause I, I, I was like, are you not stopping? You have to stop. We have to get out. And she's like, I'm in a hurry immediately. All, all, all this, um, anger and entitlement starts being disputed at me where all I'm trying to do is disrespectfully be like, Hey, I have my insurance card. You know, like it's my parents' insurance. I'm 16. I have my insurance card. You're supposed to give me your insurance information. I look I looked older than I probably was at the age, and of course I've had a, a, this deep voice since I was like puberty. So I probably she probably didn't read me as 16, and she tr- she was just very much like it was like that flirt aggression, flirt aggression. Like, hey, I'm super sorry. I need to go. I need to go. But like, is it okay? Is it cool? Is it cool? But I, I, I'm in a hurry. I, I have to. It was like I, I'd never been lambasted like this by like two separate can, like a hot cannon and a cold cannon all at once. And I was just like, I didn't know how to. So deal you were with at this. strip clubs. Ew, ew, strip clubs. You do get that. You do. You do get that used in sales pitches occasionally. But man. It's like, for me that does not work anymore at all. You 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 did that immediately. Oh like, no! It what are you a works. cheapskate? What are you a cheapskate? You don't you, you can't afford me. Like yeah, honey, you fucked up. Go go go! Try that shit on the incels. That ain't me. Uh, yeah. On top of that, it's it just it just goes to show kind of the shallowness of the character. That like okay, so for you, your looks skate you by, and to some extent, so you use this. This is obviously a go to. You've gone to. So your frustration here is that it's not working on me. Her argument basically was, traffic's really bad. I have to be somewhere. I'm in a hurry. That was the only reason I hit you. I don't have time to, to give you my insurance information. It wasn't even a car accident. It doesn't even look like you have damage. And there was, really wasn't damage. 
Um, there really what kind of road much. was this? Boulevard Avenue? This is a freeway. freeway. What was big it? Old, big old freeway. This We're off on the freeway. freeway. Everything's going very slowly, though. Cars are just moving by the gradual okay. pace. We're off on, on the uh, the shoulder. Uh, safe, Not a highway, but a freeway. But a big old freeway with just daylight, middle of the day on a Saturday. A thousand eyes just driving by constantly. So it's not like not like there's any isolation or sketchiness. It, cop cars keep going by because they're, they're all going to that big accident up ahead. So I, I'm, I'm like, you have to give me your insurance information. You can't drive away. I, I know your license plate. And she goes, whoa, whoa. Like that, that all the flirtiness, it was all, you know, cold cannon from that point on. All the flirtiness was gone. It was like... But I don't have to give you my insurance. I don't even. There wasn't any damage. It was like, but you definitely hit me, so you have to give me your insurance. Like it was. It was very much like ex- my excuses are good enough to just hey, let's just not let's just strike this one from the record because I was in an emotional state right now. Yeah, doesn't count. And I'm gonna lump this in with another car accident that I had just like a month later where it was uh christmas shopping madness i'm in like a the parking lot of a best buy everybody's crazy getting in and out of the the best buy there's a comp usa and there's a a hobby lobby and all kinds of shit and people are buying shit it's just anarchy because it's christmas shopping madness and I'm trying to get out of that Best Buy parking lot, probably having bought some hot, sweet Mac OS software or some shit. Mm. Uh, still 16. And a Best Buy employee, also a girl, uh, rear ends me. And she also tr- tries the whole, I was on the phone, so I didn't see you. Why Why didn't you move? And I'm uh-huh. like, because there's a car in front of me. You still rear ended me. Like, I, no, I have to go work. And like, well, you seem like you're leaving work. Uh, she's like, I have to get to work. I have to go. We're like, the I'm in a hurry. I was on a phone. I'm having a big emotional day. Yeah. This car accident didn't happen. You just need to be cool with it. It taught me a lot about dealing with women. And when I moved into mm. college and had to all of a sudden go from having no girls around me to just girls everywhere, I, I, I definitely <laughs> had to think about, like, remember... They'll think that their emotions mean that they just win sometimes. Mm-hmm. And don't let that deter you when you know that the rules are the rules and you need to play by the rules. And I, I've done pretty happily with that uh, with, with, with that advice that I kind of taught myself. The world really taught me. Uh, through those two car accidents had my bumper not been both times there was like little to no damage but there was damage to my viewpoint on the concept that people are good and will uh will do the right thing in a tense scenario no people people will try to get out of it and uh if mm-hmm. they're women they'll they'll use womanly excuses if they're men they'll probably I, I probably would have been receiving way more of a, just a over-the-top aggro. You, bro, it's your fault, man. I've, I've experienced that, too, from guys. That's human nature, and that's not that's not even... That's not isolated to one group. That's that's everyone. That's everyone uses that. That's a, that's a form of survival in today's society. And you're damn right. And, like, I didn't learn that through car accidents, but I learned that through watching friends in college and their relationships with some of their girlfriends. And it, it taught me a lot. Like, I, I watched literally, I mean, I watched men and women both utilize, you know, 
the emotions, the let's just call it. I have more emotions, so I win the fight type of scenario. Yeah, I've I've seen that multiple people, and it was something I learned right away. And it was something that was very prominent in in the my 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 process in life of of dating. Like I never wanted to be with anybody who acted that way. If you you know, ultimatum me or did the idea of like, uh, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm crying. Therefore I win. Yeah. Or I will cry to win this fight. Yes. Like immediately to me, that's, that, that's the least attractive thing you could do for me. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter anything else to me. It's just like, it's just immediately. I have no attraction to that. I can't attract. I'm not attracted to you if you act like that. And, and one of the, greatest things that I, I found when I found my wife was I found someone who like equally detested that nature and never presented anything along those lines mm. and so we've been like wonderful ever since because I've always kind of, con- kind of considered my wife is the antithesis of my own expectations of what I thought my relationships would be and I, and that's one of my favorite things about it about about my relationship with her and, and, and being with her is that she is the opposite of my expectation of women, and and I love her so much for it. Oh, that's very that's a very sweet sentiment, and I'm glad that you found the light in that darkness. Um, and and, and uh, I love her. I love negative. her. Yes, yes, I don't care who knows it. Yeah, well, that's jump on the couch, shake Oprah. Mm-hmm. Let her let her know. Let Oprah know really hard. How I much love, you love I love the Tom Cruise meme where he's doing the Emperor like uh lightning, uh force lightning, the dark lightning on uh, the dark force on Oprah <laughs> when he's jumping all over the couch. That was a that was in my space <laughs> where the memes happened. Well, Ballard, bringing us to a close, our final car accident, exciting accident uh story. What what would be uh, your first behind the wheel car accident story? We, we we obviously aren't going to go over every single one of them because there's no reason to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've deemed cars here and there and, you know, been able to, you know, finagle my way in and out of situations enough to, like, not have to ever get screwed over. Um, never get into a serious car accident either, knock on wood, which has been wonderful. But my first car accident would be a fender bender, very similar, I guess, I guess to yours, Felt. I was um, in Mountain View, California, and I had just gotten off the freeway. And it was not me fucking around. It wasn't, you know, didn't have a car full of boys and we were all going to the volleyball nets to go play topless with some oil. Like, none of that was happening. It was just me alone in the car driving to Tower Records. Or Tower Records, excuse me. Playing with the boys. I love how that song begins. Anyway. Moving in some motion. Moving in some motion. Yeah. Feels so good. Body's working overtime. Knock, knock, knocking on wood. Right. Oh, the, 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 it's no, man no. against man is my favorite lyric because that's just like that's that's come man on. against man. Is that's a lyric. not fucking accidental. Cool boy nation is just as a reminder. Uh, you want to hear any more about this song? Listen to any episode where we talk extensively on Tom Cruise. But I will point out just because it's just, uh, an episode about young baby boy Ballard and such. This is my mom's favorite song, and it's her ringtone. Playing with the boys is her ringtone for her children. So anytime one of her three boys calls her, this ringtone plays immediately. And she thinks it's sweet because it reminds her of her boys. It has no homoerotic you know, tendencies whatsoever attached to it. 
Ballard's mom, if you're listening, that song's about gay sex. That whole movie's about gay sex. So that being said, I'm driving in my mom's car, and I am, um, uh, you know, just off the freeway heading towards Tower Records, and I just simply look down at the radio just to change the tune, the station, tune the station to a different station, and I just rear-end this guy who, at the green light, should have gone, and he didn't go, and it's it's a fender bender. It's super tiny. There's barely a mark on my mom's car, and there's barely a mark on his car. And he, you know, I'm talking to him. I'm freaking out. I'm like, please, whatever you do, just don't tell my mom. Don't call my house. Like, here, call this phone number instead of instead of my house line, please, if you need to reach me, because I had my own line. Um, it you know, just kind of, I was freaking out. I didn't want my mom to know that like I got into a little fender bender. And the guy was like, hey, it looks like nothing. You know, there's a five mile per hour bumper, com- you know, compression and. If, if you hit, you know, over five miles per hour, usually it's everything's fine. You know, if, if you hit under five miles per hour, it's fine. If it hit over, they'll have to probably replace the bumper. And I don't even know if the guy was, like, being honest or fucking with me. But I was just like, okay. So I was, like, crossing my fingers, just, like, hopefully this guy takes it, you know, into the into the shop. There's no five, you know, mile per hour bumper compression thing going on. So I, give, I exchange information because I'm not going to break the law. I'm going to handle it, but I'm just not going to tell my mom. And he never calls us. He never calls me and because no, there was never an issue. I guess it was fine. It was just no those slight marks on his bumper, but that was about it. Very slight. And I was panicking for like maybe a month waiting for this phone call to show up that never showed up. And after a month went by, I went, okay, he can't. he's obviously not coming back. So I, I was able to get away. And I never told my mom about it. But uh, so, Mom, unless you're listening to this, you still don't know. <laughs> uh, the Cool Boys podcast should not be listened to by any moms. Mm-mm. If you're listening, don't. Unless you're my wife. Just don't. What? My wife loves us. She thinks I'm, st- I'm, I'm kind of yeah. I mean, I, I I guess you you. I mean, obviously, you just profess your love to her on on our podcast. So it's like there's plenty of things you'd love for her to hear. Gay. But there's Gay. other there's other things. Is that Nolan? <laughs> Nolan, are you here? No, no that's me. <laughs> uh, well, I guess before we wrap up, do you have any other cool accidents that happen in your life or anything like that? Oh, just just others that like that, just a cool accident or a cool accident story. I mean, this is the only time we're gonna have this conversation, so might as well wrap it all up into one last thing. If you have anything left left to say, no. Uh, another was with a weird Chinese immigrant uh, <laughs> who. Uh, definitely it was when I was in college definitely trying to uh... Felk I got another beer ready to go and I just finished my second I am ready for this Chinese immigrant college driving story accident yes you were absolutely telling me this I was just 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 down Orange County and like the only accident that I've ever had that was my fault and and the guy was like basically just like saying like I will tell police you're you're drunk. I can't do accents, so they're all like they all sound like, do like them, Lindsay then. Lohan trying to do a fucking <laughs> Arabic accent. You shouldn't make all your accents Lindsay Lohan. Come with me. Come with me. Uh, no, like so. Yeah, he had a Chinese accent. It was like it was it was a, it was like a weird. It was like a situation where like it was his sister's car and he was only in the uh, the country, and he was just like saying that like uh, it was hard to understand what he was saying. He was just like he kept yelling that he would. Uh, that he wanted money and uh, that he would tell the police I was d- drunk <laughs> if I didn't give him money. And I'm like, I don't, I'm a college student. I have like $7 on me right now. Uh, so, so I just like, uh, here's my parents number. <laughs> and, uh, mm. you know, my dad, like my dad's a lawyer and he got the call. I was like, oh, I'm a lawyer. And, and the guy was like, goodbye. <laughs> well, you're happy. I'm, I'm happy. They didn't turn out 
the wrong way. Like having like you know your parents get kidnapped in a hostage situation because you gave their gave this this villain this criminal you know a potential you know number and access to them like you have no idea who this guy was he could have been a criminal well i was in california and they were safely in texas i didn't i didn't think considering uh safely he, safely in texas not too far from the border of china how far is houston from the border the border of china yeah the guy was chinese i love that china's at our southern border <laughs> yeah so he was from china so uh yeah no not close to texas by any measure of space and oh, I mean close enough yeah I mean relative to the, to the distance to the sun perhaps uh, Texas is very close to China China is a state of being it's a feeling in your heart and you can bring it anywhere you go that's what Disney tells me China, China is fast becoming who decides what movies are successful and not successful Looking at you, Star Wars. Falk, I'm thinking about moving to China. Yeah. I'm going to move to China. I, China is on the up and up. I'm going to expatriate out of here and fucking go to China. Yeah, you'll you'll be welcomed. You'll be welcomed. They're they're a very welcoming community to outsiders. I saw Skyscraper, okay? I know they are, okay? The the Rock was clearly welcomed. Skyscraper set in it's China? In Hong Kong. Oh really? That's well it's Hong okay. Kong, but yes. Yeah, Hong Kong is like its yes own and special no. thing. Hong Kong is China now. Yeah. Okay. If you're listening to this in the nineties, it wasn't then. No. But if you're listening to this now, Hong Kong is China. In ten years from now, who the fuck knows honestly where Hong Kong is? It could be fucking hanging out in Hawaii for all we know. That's actually my f- even though it's his worst movie, I think that's probably one of my favorite Pierce Brosnan lines because I like when Bond gets like involved in like modern politics. Yeah, because he's he's doing that 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 the Chinese intelligence guy when he's in Hong Kong after he just escaped off that ship because he, he was being questioned, you know, in the opening of uh, Die mm-hmm. Another Day, and, and and the Chinese oh, oh yeah the Chinese guys not like, Die Another Day. It's not another day. Wait, die another day? Yeah, it's not another day. Remember, because he he gets captured and tortured for years. Oh, the, I thought you were talking about Tomorrow Never Dies, because that's the Chinese bond. But okay, yeah, die another day. I see what you're saying. Go there's also the yeah, no, because he goes to Hong Kong. He stays at a hotel, walks in with the, the beard, and then he gets like all trimmed and everything. And then that one chick's like, yep, like I, you know, like gonna fuck him, but then she's actually Fucked a spy. Him. And there's a spy like I think his name is Yao or Chow or something. Is you know he's like Hong Kong is our territory now, Mister Bond, and, and like and, and Pierce Pierce Bond is like, <laughs> yeah, well I'm not here to take it back. It's like oh that's cool. Wow. That, that was a very Connery. That's a very Connery line where he's just like I'm doing my own shit. I'm Bond. God damn it! Quit trying to fuck with me. Like I'm like I'm just some government stooge. I'm I'm more than that because he's Bond. Quick Bond tangent. Quick Bond side side sideline sidebar real quick. All right. How much percentage of of Connery and more and Lazenby, if you want, yeah, is Pierce's Bond? No, zero percent Lazenby. Uh, I would say you're missing the key one. You need to watch those goddamn movies. It's a I say forty percent Dalton. Dalton. Forty percent Connery. Twenty oh. percent more. Ooh. So the Dalton's fucking me up. And that 20% more is the later movies, the latter movies. There's a lot of Dalton in his Yeah, Bond. yeah. Yeah, the Die Another Days, The World Is Not Enough. Everyone forgets that GoldenEye was written for Dalton. Interesting. Okay, well then, Craig. Craig, uh, how many percentages of Bond, Lazenby, Moore, and Dalton is Craig? I See, Craig, I see, honestly, is like... Almost 80% Connery, and then maybe 20 or 19% Lazenby, and then 1% more. Because I haven't seen Dalton movies. Uh, he he is, let's say, 33% Sean Connery, 
uh, let's say another 33.3 repeating percent. Matt Damon's interpretation of Jason Bourne just grafted onto James Bond. Kind of, yeah. And it is. It is. It's the same stunt. It's the same stunt team, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. There's a little bit of. Uh, I, I guess there's a little bit of Jack Ryan in there, but I don't know what like visual interpretation. He's not Bond as we knew him. He's he's the book Bond, maybe, but like cinematic Bond, they just they just dropped all that shit. Craig's Bond, not just in novel form. I I, I really think he's very Connery esque. He's more Connery than any previous Bond. This is the weirdest fucking episode we've ever done. I love it. He's more Connery than any other Bond. Car crashes! Car crashes. He's more Connery than any other Bond, but he's... Uh, there was as much Jack Bauer in him as than there as there is uh, Roger Moore. No! No! I disagree. No, he's not Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer was literally, like, not going to lay his own life down on the line. Jack Bauer was going to lay your life down on the line. Jack Bauer constantly is trying to lay his own life on the line. It just never works because the TV show requires him to not die. Yes, but he's constantly throwing other people in front of him. Like, okay, first, first uh, second season, first episode, he cuts the dude's head off. He he tries to sacrifice himself on a regular basis. That's that's how the first season ends. He's going to sacrifice himself. He lets Xander Berkeley fly the plane. He literally is going to fly the plane. And Xander Berkeley's like, no, Jack, let me do it. I'm going to die anyways. He has to force him by stowing away. Jack says, no, I don't trust you because you might not go through with it or you might die on the way. He's constantly trying to lay down his own life. But, no, my point is... Oh, that's right, and he parachutes out. He parachutes out. That's right. They made the Q relationship. Q used to just make gadgets for Bond, gives him the Bond, that he goes the fuck out and stays in his cabin or stays in like at MI6 or wherever. But they took the Q relationship with Bond and made that Jack and Chloe. And now he's the guy on the phone giving him advice as of Skyfall and then to a, to a lesser degree, but still in... in but that's uh, Q now. That's not Q. That's the reality of Q's role in modern-day society espionage, though, right? I mean, there because there isn't... There really is... I mean, otherwise, Q would be, like, a random intern that says, like, hi, here's the tech, you know, here's the instruction manual. You can find the rest here on this PDF file. Goodbye. That should be it. That should, that should have been the relationship. They, I'm just saying that they, they ripped off Chloe and Jack to, to give Q... make Q work in the modern age. And that's where the, the Bauer influence hits when I, when I think of Daniel Craig's Bond. I think of that more than I think, honestly, of the previous especially like more and backwards okay so if q was not you know a young kid but played by like say someone like ben mendelson like an older like gruffier role you know would you would you have liked that like someone that's kind of like showing that 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 they are already at the end of their career you know like that kind of perspective I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't have a problem with a young Q either. I just, I think that like... Because Ben Winshaw, I like his Q. Like, I really I, I like did, Ben I, Winshaw. I, I do too. I, th- I don't really think of him as Q. It's like, it's definitely like young Q, but it, it it's like our modern Q. You're so young, you could have spots. All right, let's just wrap this up. Well, that was the best fucking show topic we have ever done. Now it's time to end the shenanigans and get back to playing some Red Dead Redemption 2. We didn't talk about that, but I'm going to say it because that is what I am going to do. No, there's a new, there's a new, there's a new document, and there literally was nothing written, so that's fine. Uh, well, that is what I'm going to do: is go play some Red Dead 2. Uh, maybe not too much of it because it's getting late. Me too. 
Cool Boy Nation, tell us about any of your funny or interesting car accident stories. Also, if you have any questions or any more insight into our car accidents, then let us know by emailing us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday, regardless of if there's a serious car accident that week. Uh, be sure to like and su- we, with car accidents, no, nor snow, nor rain, nor sleet, nor, nor anything <laughs> except an internet outage uh, is, is will not prevent us from creating a cool boys podcast. No way, because remember we've done we've done episodes literally on the road while I was driving. Nothing. As long as we can get a phone call together, we will have an episode every single week. Well, uh, yeah, so an EMP. We're vulnerable to EMPs. <laughs> Don't let them know though. That's about it. Don't let the, the anti cool boy people know. Don't let the Chinese know, especially. Yeah, they have that technology. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys. Also, please review us on iTunes. Also, donate to us on Patreon. It only costs a buck, and you'll receive special access to content too hot to air. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with Batman and Beyond, the Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Byzies from Felk. And that's Byzies from... Ballard. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... I'm just going to cut after Ballard. And Spices from Nolan. And by, and that's Spices from Nolan. Maybe someday I'll stop having AIDS. <laughs> AIDS is hilarious. I'm Nolan. <laughs> I think I get away with making fun of people with AIDS because I'm handsome. He's too handsome. It's The problem is Nolan is really handsome. Cool Boy Nation, I'm not kidding. When my wife has friends over and they see photos of Nolan that I have up on the wall around my house, <sighs> like they're just like, who's this man? And... When can I meet him? And I'm always like, that's my Nolan, and you can't meet him. He's mine, and he's mine only. Do you really have photos of Nolan around your house? Get some cool boys. (laughs) (laughs) So serious.